<laughs> Good to have you here. We are in the book of Luke today. So why don't you grab your Bibles and turn there. Luke chapter 2, we're going to begin in verse 41 and go to verse 51 today. We're going to read kind of an interesting story that about Jesus that is only found here in Luke chapter 2. You won't find this in Matthew or Mark or John, but you will find it in Luke. And it's a very interesting, very interesting story. And this morning, uh, I've, I've titled this message very simply, Lost and Found. Lost and Found. How many people, uh, you, if someone's going to lose their keys, you are that person that's going to lose their phone, their keys, or whatever. Who is that here? Okay. Just, okay, just three honest people. That's incredible. Because some of you are pointing at your spouse, and uh, I anticipate a lot of fighting after church today, so that's great. It's not great, actually. It's awful. Um, well, I would guess, I would guess that you maybe are good at losing your keys, your phone, uh, your wallet. But have you ever lost your kid? I didn't ask if you wanted to lose your kid. Have you ever lost your kid? I mean, like, whoops, where'd he go? Where is he at? Uh, We're going to take a look at at Jesus' parents who, wow, uh, they, 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 they lost their kid. And might I remind you that they knew that this was the son of God. Uh, you know, it's just like, ah, we can get another one. You know, it wasn't that. Yeah. Uh, this, this was huge. And I want to talk about those moments in our lives where it seems like Jesus is missing. He should be here, but Jesus seems to be missing from my life. I want to use this story to talk about those moments as we go through this thing we call life, where Jesus doesn't seem to be as present as he could be or should be in our lives. This will be very interesting. So if you're able to, will you stand with me as we read God's word together? And I'm in Luke chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 41. If you don't have your Bible, then uh, you can look on the screen and we will have all of our scriptures for you there. Are we ready? Okay, good. One person. You're going to make me work for it today, aren't you? Okay, okay. Challenge accepted. Here we go. Verse 41 says, Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. And after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. And then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. 
When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Don't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. So, Lord, I ask you that you would use this uh, very interesting story (laughs) to speak to us today about where we might be in our journey through life and just how close you might be to us in the midst of it. So, Lord, speak to your people, I pray. And more than that, let your Holy Spirit draw us to get as close to you as possible. And I'll thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Amen, Amen. you may be seated. Lost and found. Wow. I I think, not think, I know. I know that in the culture that we live in right now, that the possibility of Jesus kind of getting lost in the shuffle of all of our responsibilities and all of our duties and everything that we have to do in life, uh, there, there can be some moments where in the midst of whatever we have to do at the house, then whatever we have to do at work, and then uh, if you have children, we're taking them to soccer practice or we're taking them to cheerleading and then uh, you know, we're there for that. And, and my goodness, I remember when Jonathan was playing soccer, I, I would, you know, I'd wake up, go to the church, work, uh, get home, get his gear together. We'd go to practice. You have no idea how many great sermons I wrote in the parking lot <laughs> of soccer practice. And then we finally get home and we're just so exhausted because of what we have gone through. And that's just one particular day. Yours might look kind of similar with a few changes here and there, but it's very easy for us to get to the point where we kind of stop and we say, wait a minute, where's Jesus in all this? And let me pause here because I'm not suggesting that we're doing sinful things and somehow Jesus has been misplaced in our lives. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm not saying that you, okay, you're selling crack. You know, I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that we could actually misplace our relationship with Jesus. We, Jesus' presence, our devotion to Jesus can get pushed down the priority chart because we're doing a lot of good things. And not necessarily a lot of bad things. Mary and Joseph were in the midst of doing a really good thing. They were celebrating one of the Jewish feasts together as a family. And in the midst of doing that, they lost Jesus. I'd like for us to look, in fact, let's look 
at why we seem to lose Jesus during the course of our lives. It can happen very easily. So I'm going to divide this message in just two parts today. Wow, pastor, two-pointer? We're going to be out of here like, well, I didn't say that, but, but two parts, okay? I'll be brief. <laughs> they tell us in preacher school we should say that, just so, okay. First of all, here's the first section, Jesus lost. How does this happen? How do good people, we go to church, we, in fact, I'm going to tell you right now, this can happen to a person who is pretty involved doing God's stuff in church. It can happen to all of us. I'll explain more. How does this happen? Let me show you. First of all, let's look at our routine. Our routine. Verses 41 and 42 says, Every year that Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. There are two key phrases here. The first phrase is every year. They did this every year. And according to the custom. This was something that they were used to doing over and over and over again. Over and over and over again. And in the midst of doing a very good thing over and over and over again, they forgot someone. They forgot Jesus. In the midst of this very good routine, Jesus was missing. Can I suggest to you that there are some routines in these seats that could be very, very easy for us to lose Jesus if we're not careful? Uh, it could be a work routine. Uh, you know, you put in X amount of hours at your workplace, but some of us have to take work home and, and, and do that. Uh, your school life, students, you can get so caught up in school, and I'm not saying don't study, okay? Ma, pastor said I should never study. That's not what I'm saying, okay? Get good grades, study, get off your phone, work on your school stuff. But it, in the midst of all the school stuff, we could lose Jesus, in the midst of uh, an athletic schedule, we could be so devoted, and rightfully so. We could be so devoted to doing so well at that, that Jesus could get left out. And might, might I say again that even in the midst of a church routine, well, I do this, and I do this, and I do this, and we're so focused on what we do and what we do, it just becomes... <laughs> I was going to say it's a lot of do-do, but, but it, 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 it becomes just a whole lot of doing. And we're doing all this stuff, but where's that personal time with Jesus? Can I tell you, as a pastor, okay, if I'm not careful, 
my time in God's word, I could use that only for, hey, this would be a banger of a sermon. Ooh, this would be a good one. Ooh, this could be. Instead of trying to read God's word just for me. What is that? Routine. Is there a routine that's getting in in the way of you enjoying a personal relationship with the Lord like you should? Secondly, let's look at their response. Because it's very similar to our response. Verse 33 says, After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Now, before we get too harsh with Mary and Joseph and think that they're the worst parents ever, uh, let me remind you that often families would travel to these festivals as a big group. It's kind of like the shops. Everywhere you turn around, outside, there's all the shops right there. They're, they're eating together. They're the, heck, they even go to the hospital together. You know, I visited there. I'm not sure which one's sick, but I'll figure it out because they're all there. And, and so, and I love it. I love that family so much. And, and so Mary and Joseph were actually part of this huge entourage, okay? So there was a big group of them. It's not like, you know, there were just three of them in a Honda Civic and just like, hmm, boy, it's quiet back there. You know, it, all of a sudden they're all traveling together and in the midst of all of the humanity that's in their group, they discover, hey, uh, where's the kid? Where's Jesus? Now, on the flip side, I got to be honest, I don't get this at all, (laughs) but I'm kind of a helicopter dad anyway. So I'm like, you know, where are you at? Where are you at? You know, I've got tracers embedded in his neck. You know, he he thinks it's a mole and, you know, it just, uh, so so part of me is like, wow, how does this happen? But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I want you to catch this. It is often easy for us to recognize when Jesus is present in our lives, but it's often difficult to recognize when he's missing. We recognize when he's present. We feel the goosebumps. Woo! Oh, man, when we sang that song, yeah, I just felt the presence of God. Okay, fine. That's great. But when, when you're at the gym or when you're at work or when you're mowing the grass, okay, do you know where Jesus is at that point? Sometimes we can get so caught up in how Jesus feels, usually because we need to be entertained, that can, can we sense Jesus' presence wherever we're at? Because the last time I checked, he's everywhere. Not just between the third and the fourth song. Not just on Sunday morning. He's everywhere. Next, how do we lose Jesus? Our routine, uh, our response to that. How about this? How about this word, rationalizing? Rationalizing. There's a phrase there that I underlined in the scripture in verse 44 says, thinking that he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. 
Then they began looking for him among their relatives and their friends, thinking Jesus was in their company. So they're walking around, just like, oh, yeah, he's, he's back there. He's, he's with us. Have you heard him? Nah, but he's probably with, you know, the weird uncle. You, you, you know, he always likes to entertain Jesus. Everybody has a weird uncle, by the way, right? right? And if you say, no, I don't, <laughs> guess what? You're him. Okay, now. And so they're walking, and, and, and they go a day's journey, a whole day's journey. And then it dawns on them, he hasn't been here since we left. They thought he was in their company. They thought he was with them, but he wasn't. Do you know that I've met too many people that have gone on in life making some really bad decisions and they think that Jesus is along for the ride in that? And he's not. We do things that totally go against the word of God. And we think, well, he's a God of love. So he's okay with this. Why? Well, because nothing bad's happened yet. Or because I feel good. This makes me happy. So he must be with me. And, and you cannot judge the presence of Jesus by your feelings. Let me say that again. You cannot judge the presence of Jesus and how deep that is by how you feel. Because our feelings are all over the place if we're not careful. And sometimes we can go along making some terrible decisions and living lifestyles that do not honor the Lord and allowing things into our lives that just do not belong. And often we are guilty of continuing on in our lives thinking that Jesus is with us when in reality he isn't. We enter into some bad relationship we 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 start a lifestyle that that is toxic we become dependent on something that controls us and and we think he's okay with that and he's not and that's how he becomes missing or how about this how do we lose track of jesus Maybe in our own relationships, our relationships, our earthly ones. Again, I underline this in verse 44. They began looking for him among their relatives and their friends. I'm going to use that phrase and take a little liberty with it. I think I have found way too many people who have tried to find what Jesus has for them through Friends, relatives, boyfriends, girlfriends, relationships. See, every single one of us, I want you to know this, every single one of us has this, has this vacuum. We have this, this hole, this void in our lives that can only be filled with Jesus. And see, I've seen way too many people that have tried to bounce from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. And we throw it on Facebook and we try to convince everybody that we're happy and we try to live this thing out and then we bounce from there to there to there to there. And when are we going to realize? When are we going to realize that we're never going to find God's best through other people? 
I'd be so happy if I'd find me a wife. And I'm sure that's great. In fact, I can testify to that for 33 years. But she is not a replacement for Jesus in your life. And sometimes we need to realize we need to be careful. We need to be careful where we direct our longing for Jesus. When I was a youth pastor many centuries ago, that was a joke. Uh, well, he is old. But when I, when I was a youth pastor way back in the day, I saw this time and time again. I had high school students and middle school students that could not handle having a dating relationship and a relationship with God at the same time. Because one became more important than the other. And while the boyfriend became more important than Jesus. The girlfriend became more important than Jesus. And I would see spiritual collapse. And by the way, this could be between two Christian kids. Well, you see, I'm only bouncing from Christian guy to Christian guy to Christian guy. I met him on Farmers Only or I met him on, on whatever.com. I'm not mocking that, by the way. We have people here who have gotten married because of the internet. They met online. I think that's fantastic. But hear me. None of these, none of these swipes, none of these possibilities are substitutes for Jesus Christ. None. Are you hearing me today? See how easy it is to lose track of Jesus if we're not careful? We get so busy, we get so distracted that, that we, we even think that he's along for the ride, even if we're making bad decisions. And it's just like, there has to come a point where it's like, okay, where is he at? Where, where is Jesus here? And I'm so glad you asked. Because I want to go to the last point. We saw Jesus lost, but let's look at Jesus found. How did they recover Jesus? How did they, how did they find Jesus? Let me remind you. Okay? Jesus is 12. Okay? There are no cell phones. There are no GPS. There's no, there's no way to communicate a one-day journey. Well, let's just call the temple. Can't do that. Let's text the priest. Can't do that. So can you imagine what was going through their heads? Oh my goodness, we left our son. By the way, he's the son of God. We left our son over a day ago at probably the most crowded place on earth. What do we do? And see, for some of us, that job would seem so impossible, we would ask ourselves, why even try? Well, you can't just let your, leave your kid there. But may I suggest to you that you can't just leave your Lord there. It's worth the fight. It's worth the effort to recover what's been lost. So let's see how mom and dad recovered Jesus and let's see how we can do that in our lives. Number one, let's look at their destination. Verse 45 and 46, it says this, When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. 
And after three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the leaders, listening to them and asking them questions. What did they do? Uh, don't, don't miss this. Don't miss this. They went, they went right back to where they had experienced Jesus last. Let me try this side. They went right back, middle, I'll get to you. They went right back to where they last experienced Jesus' presence. You see, that's what they did. This is where, this is where we were together before. So let's go back to that very place. Let me ask you, spiritually, spiritually, where were you when you last sensed Jesus like you should? Where were you? I was less busy. I was, I was less caught up in making money. I spent a lot less time online reading about people's issues on Facebook. I, you know what I'm saying. What entered in to cause you to lose track of Jesus? It's time to get back to that place. See, for some of us here today, we need to make some decisions. And they're not easy decisions. Because the very thing that could cause you to lose track of Jesus is, it could be something that you really, really, really enjoy. And could it be that you just need to shift some things around in your life again? Maybe you just need to get out of bed. I'm serious. I wasn't as lazy back then as I am now. Get up. Get up. Give Jesus some time. Don't grab your phone first thing when you wake up in the morning. Have a little talk. Well, that, that's an old song. Have a little talk with Jesus. Talk to him. Talk to him. Guess what? Twitter will wait. Snapchat can wait. Oh, but Jesus is right there. Secondly, not only do I take notice of their destination, but I also take notice of their determination. Verse 46. Now, this is going to seem silly to you, but I want you to follow me. It says, after three days, they found him in the temple courts. Let's just stop there. Okay? Aren't you glad? <laughs> Aren't you glad that after two hours, Mary and Joseph didn't say, ah, maybe God will give us another one. Oh, well. After one day. Okay, think uh, three days, people. Don't miss this, okay? After one day, how stressed they are. We're never going to find him. Mary, we have dropped the ball here. <laughs> we lost the Son of God. Two days. They're looking everywhere. 
They're trying to find him. They're making this journey. It was a one-day journey. So one day to get back, two days of searching. Are you following me? Can you imagine the emotional, physical, mental toll that it took for them to finally see Jesus? How determined are we? How determined are we to get back once we, what we once had with Jesus? Or is it, you know, you hear about it on Sunday morning, that's a good idea. I should do this. By two in the afternoon, ah, that. By Monday morning, we don't even remember what the guy preached. And we, we, we stop, and, and not to be facetious, but, but any relationship to succeed, it's going to take work. And if part of that relationship is rebuilding, it's going to take more work. You realize we could destroy this building in a matter of moments. It would take days and days and days to rebuild it. If a relationship has been damaged in your life, if you've lost track with Jesus in your life, that may have been a very quick moment for you. It may take a lot of work to get that back. But I promise you this, if you're in for the long haul, Jesus is in for the long haul. Let's look at their communication. We look at their destination. We looked at their determination. Let's look at their communication Verses 48 through 50 say, When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now, let me pause here. Jesus was not being a brat here. Some people think, man, what a snippy response by this 12-year-old kid. And, 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 and you're missing it. Okay. Jesus was beginning to kind of let them in on who he really was. Okay. And verse 50 said they didn't quite understand what he was saying to them. Part of this recovery process, when we've lost track of Jesus in our lives, part of the recovery process is the moment that he wants to speak to you. And that means we have to listen. What might the Lord say to us if we deliberately try to listen? When we, when we finally, we, it's like, okay, Lord, I, I want this back. I want my relationship back the way it used to be. And then I will tell you that through his word and through his Holy Spirit, he's going to have something to say to you. And you may not quite get it yet, but just keep listening and just keep obeying. It will make sense. Here's my last one. And Ralph, if you could help me if you're available, thank you so much. There's some inspiration there in verse 51. So they recover him. They have this little conversation. And I doubt it was as calm 
as I read it, oh Jesus, where hast thou been? Whew. I'm hitting the roof. You know? So I'm sure it was emotional. And Jesus responds to them. They don't quite get it. But verse 51 says, They all went down to Nazareth. Jesus was obedient to his parents. But his mother treasured all things, all of these things in her heart. I wonder today, as she was able to take this experience with her back home and treasure it in her heart, is there something that Jesus would like to send home with you this morning? What's the Lord saying to you? Sunday morning is not about me beating you up and then you crawling out of here trying to get healed up. That's not preaching. That's not church. This is about God speaking to us through his word. And here's why I've learned after 33 years of doing this with students and, and awesome people like you is that I can give a message and there could be a person over here that get something that they could treasure in their heart and it's radically different than what a person over here can get that they could treasure in their heart and then still God can say something different here. And there have been times, folks, within the last few weeks, people have sent me emails saying, this is what the Lord said to me. And I'm like, where did I say that? I'm scanning my notes. You know what that is? It's the Holy Spirit. Exactly, Carol. It's the Holy Spirit. And every time we come together, this is what he wants to do in you. He wants to give you something that you could treasure in your life and take home with you and keep with you. Something you can treasure. Don't lose that word. Not just some post that we'd throw on a meme somewhere, but something you can treasure that's life-changing, that will guide you, that will change you, that will do something in you. What is the Lord wanting to send home with you today? Maybe you're too busy. Maybe your priorities are a mess right now. You have great intentions, but things, Jesus is like lower on the list than he's ever been. And maybe, maybe what God is saying is, hey, let's, let's put me back first. Because I remember this verse from Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And oftentimes we, see, we seek the all these things. <laughs> and Jesus is somewhere. If we seek the kingdom of God, he takes care of the, of the schedule. He takes care of the kids. He takes care of the job. He takes care of your responsibilities. It all falls into place.
when Jesus is where he rightfully is in your life? Is there a shifting that needs to take place in your life? What is God saying to you that you could treasure in your heart and take with you the rest of this week? Will you stand with me? If it's been a while since you've last sensed Jesus like you used to, then I want to challenge you this week to make that journey. Make that journey. And it might be tough. You, you might have to say no to some things. You might have to say no to some people. You might have to make some lifestyle changes. Changes to your schedule. If you're a person like me, I've got my Monday routine, I've got my Tuesday routine, I've got my Wednesday routine, etc. And so, when that gets messed up, it's, ah! But God can help us with the, ah! He can help us. And be my prayer for you. In fact, it's going to be my prayer for you. That the Lord would help you to recover his presence in your life like never before. Every age, every person here, that's a trip that's worth taking. Amen? So Jesus, I ask you in these next, not just these next moments, but God, I'm asking you throughout the week that we would however you want us to do it, that we realize, first of all, that if we've lost track of you in our lives, that we need to make some changes. And so God, help us to turn around. Help us to go back to the place spiritually, emotionally, mentally, maybe even physically where we were when we knew you best and experienced you most. God, give us the courage to make changes. Give us the wisdom to know how to make those changes. And Lord, give us the peace of knowing that you will help us with any change that we have to make. So Lord, I pray you walk with us through this and help us to recover what we may have lost. May we find it again. And we ask all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If you need to remain here and pray a little bit, go for it. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you.